be honest, we just Ch-ch-ch-chippendale! Watched... We, I... We just... Why did you do that? Because you said we just watched, and then I said Ch-ch-ch-chippendale. If you had fucking not done that, we could have introed with, we just watch good movies all the time. But instead, you had to be an asshole. Ch-ch-ch-chippendale! Good God. We watched Chippendale Rescue Rangers. The movie. From this past year. So. It came out in May. Good. I need to pull up a plot summary because there's literally a million things that happen in this movie. It's so much. It's like an ADHD kid's dream or nightmare. I'm not really sure. Um, I don't have HD. ADHD. I can't fucking talk. That's not good. This is a podcast. Oh, well, you couldn't talk last you? time. I'm America. I'm James. We watch movies. Sometimes. Every other week. Every other week. But you listen to them weekly. As weekly as I can remind James to get them out. So. I do. I do f- fail that. Um, One Ever. of the best movies I've seen in a long time, guys. If you haven't gone and seen... Chippendale Rescue Rangers. And by gone and seen, we mean turned on Disney Plus and watched Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Or find a friend's Disney Plus and watch Chippendale Rescue Rangers, because they don't suck like Netflix. Um, Watch it. It's great. It's a good time. Let me be honest with you. This is a really good movie. This This is a really good movie. The plot's nothing, like, super incredible or anything, but it's just, it's a movie that strongly does not take itself too seriously and in some cases parodies itself as hard as it can in the middle of itself too yeah it's fucking hilarious okay so we start with a fuckload of notes yeah we had I, i i tell you this now I started by trying to take a note of every easter egg and cameo that there was and I made it 10 minutes before I stopped. I knew better than to do that, but it, I will also tell you, this is the first movie where James and I had to actively pause it or rewind it because we were taking a note. And something else would happen. And something was happening. And you cannot look away from this screen for like the whole, what is it, hour hour and a half, 90 minutes? Yeah. The whole 90 minutes, you need to be locked in because you look away for one second, you miss something. You stop listening for one second, you miss something. It is so much all at once and in, like, the best way possible. Like, and that it's it's also not to say that every single detail is, like, super plot-oriented, but it's, it's very much to say that this is a movie where they took all of the possible production time to ensure that they added everything in. Everything. There is not wasted space in any shot. It kind of reminds me of, like, going to, like... I'll use ESPN as an example, which is funny. Going to, like, look at, like, a sports website or something, and you have, like, a top of the page ad you've got a sidebar ad usually it's for something involved with that website but it's like every ounce of space on your screen has something to catch your eye right that's this movie about this movie for the whole time it is a non-stop run of nonsense the whole time it's fucking incredible and, like, people have been breaking apart the Easter eggs. I know we're late to the party on this, but because pe- people have been breaking apart the Easter eggs. I've seen some that say 300 plus. I so many. I missed probably a lot, but I still was calling out ones. Like, we did watch a 100 plus one, and I was like, you missed this one, you missed this one. So, like, it's just, it has rewatchability. It's cute. It's funny. There it's, are some real good script moments. It's dark. Oh, it's very dark. It's got something for the whole family, really. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but let's get into the notes. Um, we start opening on... A world where cartoons and people live in harmony. And we're 
getting an inner narration from from older Dale about young Dale's experience when he switched to a new school. Now, this is a school, a new school, where students of varying, like, cartoons and humans go. To make this all really simple, if you haven't seen the movie, but you're a child of, like, the oh, late 80s, early, early 90s. 90s. It's who Fran, it's in and canon because they put him in there. So it is part of it. And they included the dip. So this is the same universe as who framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah. Humans, cartoons exist in the same spot. It would have been fun if they made a nod to Toontown, but they did not. Yeah, they That's did not. That's okay. They made a nod to every other thing that there is. Uh, so, yes, Dale uh, is going to a new school. Narration by older Dale, played by Andy Samberg. Who did an excellent job, I will say. Really did a good job. Um, I was kind of bummed, and I made a note about this later, I was kind of bummed that, like, Dale didn't have, like, the Dale voice. But then, like, it's like an actor doing an accent, like, is how they portrayed it. Like, when he's in the show, he does his Dale voice, but, like, he's really just an actor, so. Which I, I think is a fun way to explain that. Yeah, I just, I mean... It's better than not acknowledging it at all. Yeah, true. Um, so, yeah, he's going to this new school, and he goes, and he's in the class, and the teacher introduces him, and he's all gung-ho, and he says, Hello, everybody! And they all just sort of, like, dead-eye him because it's middle school and everyone hates everything. Um, and so uh, his brilliant idea is to take a pencil and pretend it is jammed into his eye and all hell breaks loose they all think he's like horrifying and scary and they think he's maimed himself like they scream and they're like ah and then they find out he was joking and then he's like you're weird teacher fell out a window it was a whole ordeal but first of all that was a good joke in this classroom full of easily like eight to ten year olds would have fully enjoyed that joke i work with kids now that would have thought that was Hilarious. Okay, now, contrary to that... Especially the boys. I said, if your instant idea to make friends is to do a horror prank, you're an insane person. I would have thought it was funny as shit. I would have been like, that. not fucking talking to that kid. You went to homeschool. Yeah. So, my opinion is irrelevant. (laughs) But... If my brother came down the stairs and was like, hi, everyone, and then pretended to have a pencil jammed in his eye, I'd be like, I'm not fucking talking to you, you weirdo. I I think it was funny. I think the 10-year-old boys would think it was funny. Eight to 10-year-old boys would think it's hilarious. But this classroom was just full of merciless assholes. No one liked it at all. It was yeah. really sad. It was also really sad. I also wanted to jump in because the movie also, like, at the beginning was like, now when you hear Chippendale, you might think of Chippendale, the... The Amazing. furniture maker. The furniture maker, or Chippendale, as in, like, the stripping company, which they show a picture <laughs> of in this children's yeah. movie. Yeah, they really lean in with a uh, shot from Chippendale. And um, I was like, this movie assumes that Chippendale, as in, like, the chipmunks, is not who I think of first when I hear Chippendale. Because when you say Chippendale, that's what I think of. It's man. Man meat. Not man meat. Oh. The Chipmunks. Well, right. I think of Chip and Dale. Right. Um. Anyways, great joke. And then we get we go to the lunchroom as Dale explains that like basically by the end of the day everyone hated him so he had to eat lunch by himself. Um, and he's eating at this really tiny little table. It's a chipmunk sized table. The chipmunk size table, and there's a, which is a common theme of the size in this movie, like, fucks with my the head a lot. The scale of things. Okay, what's really funny is, for the rest of the movie, this is going to happen, where something is chipmunk-sized, or it's human-sized, but nothing is in between those sizes. There's not variation at all. It's either something is small enough to be perfectly sized for the chipmunks, or something is normal. And there is no in-between. And it's random and weird and really funny if you don't think too hard about it. And sometimes you don't realize you're, like, in a chipmunk size thing until, like, 
a normal-sized object or person is by, and you're like, oh. Oh, fuck, this is a tiny house. Oh, we're we're small now. Um, But I put, why do they segregate small creatures to their own table? Why can't they sit with the regular-sized people? Discrimination! Jesus Christ. Um, And then we meet Chip, who thinks that Dale's joke was hilarious and is the only correct person. I put a note in my notes that says, Chip, it was not hilarious, it was traumatizing. I literally wrote, Chip gets it. <laughs> no, Chip gets it, but it's not right. It's so right. I don't like it. Um, I don't I don't think that's a good way to start. And then we get, like, kind of this... We get a montage. A montage of narration where we see, like, Chip and Dale, like, leading the school talent show, moving to Hollywood, getting, like, ads, and, like... Bit, bit parts pieces. in Full House. Yeah. Apparently, if you didn't know that, Chip and does Dale Disney, were in Full House. Does Disney own Full House? No, Netflix does. Whoever, I, I think. Are we sure? Yeah. Because cause they have Fuller House on Netflix. I'll Google it. Let's find out. We're going to Google First this. person to get there. Because the fucking. They, I will say Disney took a lot of things that they do not own fully. See, I'm trying to. Mm. Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers, Warner Brothers owns, owns Full it. House. Who owns Fuller House? But here's the thing: if they didn't play Warner it, Brothers, if they didn't play a long enough segment <coughs> and they didn't include there any no, sound, there was no audio. They could oh. get around the copyright okay. law because it's like 16 seconds. Is your you can feature something without crediting it or having to pay for it. As long as you beat the law. Yeah. Man, Disney's lawyers worked overtime on this one. They, they worked overtime We were on this Googling, one. like, copyright shit for multiple things. The fact that this movie exists is a marvel in itself because they, it Disney just, owns that. It's Yes, they do. Disney owns Marvel. Disney owns Fox. They took a lot of... They were also used this movie as, like, an explanation of, like, look at all the things we own. There was it really Star was Wars, like a flex. Fox, freaking DreamWorks was in there. It was just like... They were like, we own... All, all of these the things. things. And all of the things that we don't own, we're just going to show you enough to so that you know what it is, but that we don't get sued. And it was fantastic. A, a, tr- a true love. So fun. It was so fun. Um, I had one question that kept occurring to me in this movie because Chip and Dale, mm-hmm. um, yeah, they were in the Rescue Rangers, but they're also part of the core... Disney group, like Goofy, Mickey, Minnie. Yeah. So, like, the one thing that I asked the question of and that they definitely excluded from the movie was that whole relationship. Like, do Chip Chip and Dale know Mickey in this universe? We didn't even see Mickey. Yeah. That was my thing. I was like, this is a Disney movie about cartoon characters. We saw Goofy one time, and we're not going to put... Donald Duck was mentioned. Mickey Mouse in there? I don't know, dude. Mickey Mouse was in Who Framed Roger Rabbit, as was Bugs Bunny. Um, and then I also put, because they do this big speech about how amazing, like, Chippendale Rescue Rangers was and, like, how big it was and all this stuff. And I, I, I wrote myself, I was like, Chippendale was good. It wasn't, it wasn't that good. It was not good enough that, like, all the things that they were acting about, like, that was happening was happening. Now, maybe in Cartoon World, they were like the stars of the show, but I don't know. It wasn't It wasn't that good. It wasn't like a Friends or Modern Family or mm. Big Bang Theory where they were like rolling in the money. It was a three-season cartoon. And it was good, but I don't know if it was as good as like Dale and Chip made it out to be in this little montage. Um... And then in the montage, we also get the, they're dancing. They were, they made the joke of, we, they were doing the Roger Rabbit with Roger Rabbit at like the club, um, which it just, that's why I said it was like confirmed canon that we are in the same universe as Roger Rabbit, which made, it made the whole movie easier for me because everything yeah. from that point on regarding cartoon nuttiness is completely acceptable. Like that's. Yeah. Everything is allowed. Yeah. Because that's the universe we're in. Because at the beginning, we were just like, 
What's what are the rules? Yeah, it's hard, when you if you start the movie and you don't recognize that it's the same universe as Who Framed Roger Rabbit, or worse yet, you watch this movie without ever having seen Who Framed Roger Rabbit, you just won't know what the fuck is happening. If and it, they don't explain it. Yeah, there's no explanation. It's not like Roger Rabbit where there's lots of explanation given about how the interactions between the tunes and the people go in this world. Yeah, that's uh, left entirely out of this movie. Um, and then we kind of start to see... We start the plot. Yeah, and we start to see the fragments happen in the Chip and Dale relationship, um, which I will say this movie handles some really... Adult themes. Adult themes and tough topics of, like, things actual stars go through. So... Drug addiction. Uh... Burnout. Yeah. Like, or, um, I was thinking as I was watching this, because, uh, Dale eventually gets to the point that you can start to see on that it's wearing on him being, like, the goofy character who's abused for laughs. The joke boy. He's the joke boy. Um, and... I was like, this is a real problem that that archetype of character um, who gets constantly abused for laugh faces. Like, uh, I don't know if you guys know much about, um, or if you ever watched iCarly, the character, or the actor who played Gibby. Um, he had three roles. He said, like, he came in interviews because they rebooted iCarly recently, if you don't know. I haven't watched it, can't attest to it. But... I do know that Gibby, the actor who played Gibby, and I cannot forget his name. I think it's Noah. Um, he was talking about how hard it was and how awful it was to constantly like have his weight, his size, his everything, and be the constant punching bag for jokes in that show. How much it like destroyed him mentally. I mean, it's the same thing with. Uh... The kid who played Joffrey, Jack Leeson, mm -hmm. he quit acting because he did such a good job. That people just... He did such a good job, people threatened him with death. And that's... It's fucked up. A hard thing, especially when you're dealing with children. Like, these are child... These are children. They're actors, but they're still kids, and their brains are still forming, and they're... These are their formative years, and they're sitting there getting used as a punching bag because they're a little mm -hmm. bit heavier, or they're too good at being evil like and we're t taking these kids and Man. making them into their characters and it's real it's it's hard for them adults are the fucking worst now these cartoon chipmunks <laughs> well um. no i'm only saying that because dale went through the exact same thing and you could see it in his face like it's and they talk about it later on in the movie when eventually like dale gets to hit chip in the head and he's like i can't believe we did that to you every day and dale's like yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so it's just an important again like this is movie is a cute kids movie woo chipmunks yay um but it's also deals with some really heavy shit and heavy shit that is real world consequences and i mean who framed roger rabbit did too but yeah it's just a read between the lines moment and see kind of what's really going on here so we're we're at the same party where we've danced with Roger Rabbit and Dale sort of slinks off. He's bored of the whole affair, uh, and he's in his trailer that he shares with Chip, I think. And uh, Chip wanders off to find him, bring him some cake, and Dale unveils a poster for a new show uh, called Double O Dale, which has a. Uh, Dale framed as this secret agent James Bond type. Uh, and Chip feels betrayed. They argue about bananas. And bing, bang, boom. Dale's agent calls. He picks up the phone against Chip's better wishes. And Chip fucks off. The show gets canceled and Double O Dale is canceled after the pilot. Ending the careers of all the Rescue Rangers. So it's implied. Yeah. Um, then we get flash forward quite a bit um, to modern day because Dale's using a smartphone and like filming a Instagram live um, at a fan convention. And he's making everybody believe that like he's the one going out on stage and blah, blah, blah. Um. He's not. It's Baloo. 
sad day. Uh, he also, we find out, has had, like, the 3D surgery, um, which is a thing cartoon characters can get now that makes them look three-dimensional, like Alvin and the Chipmunks, the Smurfs, etc. Uh, Sonic, which I'll come back to in a minute. Hold that thought. Um, and it, it, what I kind of loved about it is it makes, Disney's making fun of itself. Relentlessly. For the, for the 3D animation, because you, Baloo comes out on stage and it's not old cartoon Baloo, it's the new it's Jungle a, Book Baloo. Yeah. And so, and then like Dale getting the 3D mm. surgery, um, and stuff like that. It's just, it's, it's fun to see that Disney also like has a sense of humor about itself. As a side note, I fucking hate social media use in movies. Oh, with it's, Dale and it's like, just, my people, what's It's up? like a fucking... I didn't realize it until I saw it happen in this movie, but I was like, man, it's such a pet peeve of mine to see social media happen in film. I don't know why I'm going to figure that out, but it bugs me. I think, um... I think there's, like, also, it's weird when you don't see, like, smartphones and things in TV, because remember, uh... Or, like, in movies and media now, because, like, we watch... We're big fans of Umbrella Academy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, they made a note that, like, yes, this is modern age, but there are no cell phones or internet in Umbrella Academy, which is... It was jarring for me to see. Like, I googled it during the first season. I was like, when is this supposed to take place? Because they were, like, using payphones and shit. So it's... James is right that we do see a lot of it cluttering... It's just all over the place. But, I mean, it's part of the world that we live in. It's... Yeah. It, I, I don't know. Dale, it's, 100%, if he was a real-life actor, would be making an Instagram Live from yeah. the fan convention. Like, people Unless he's do one that. of those actors who's never done an Instagram Live before. Yeah, but he clearly isn't. No, he knows. Um, And then the best thing in the entire universe slash movie happens at this fan convention. We're at the booths. We're at the booths. Um, we see that Dale has his own booth. Lumiere is next to him. He has his own booth. In the background, you see, can see Kronk is right next to him. And then I'm going to take you back a couple years. It's about three or four now. Thereabouts. Oh my god, really? When I'll that find, first trailer out. came out? I'll find out. Some time ago, the first trailer, if you think back, way back. It would back. have been, like, the end of 2018, yeah. beginning of 2019. So, like, three or four years. Holy fuck, that's just like, oh, no. Three or four years ago, a trailer gets released for this new movie based on a video game of a blue hedgehog. And the internet lost its collective shit because it was the most horrifying thing that has ever been put to screen. Yes. It was a 3D rendition of Sonic the Hedgehog that was, like, human height, had real human teeth, and weird creepy eyes, and just didn't quite look right in any way, shape, or form. The fur was weird. It was all bad. And, uh, guess who's in this movie? Ugly Sonic is in this movie called... Ugly Sonic. Ugly Sonic, trying to sell his shit um, at the fan convention. And he's, like, well aware that he's, like, the reject Sonic, and they redesigned him, they talk about it. But what is great about this is this is one of the moments moments in the movie where me and James had to pause and do research. They never licensed... That first iteration of Sonic. Ugly Sonic. So Disney... Sony never fucking locked it down. Disney hired... The creators, the original creators of the Ugly Sonic, the original CGI animators, and then had them recreate it on purpose. They couldn't use the same files because Sony did own those, but they never licensed the likeness. So they literally just made, Disney paid them to make all the same mistakes again for Ugly Sonic. And I will say... I'm so glad as the internet we collectively said no, because watching that thing on screen is terrifying and awful. It's funny, haha, because the memes and the jokes, but it is one of the most horrifying things to look at, and I stand by that to this day. It is awful, and they make points of it being awful, including, like, zoom-ins on his human teeth, and, oh. Oh, it's so... Oh, no. The teeth. Oh. I, they joke about it. Dude, the script, 
I don't want to say any of the jokes because I want people to watch the fucking movie. It's but so god good. damn, the jokes about Ugly Sonic are just chef's fucking kiss, dude. It's the it, it was my favorite part of the movie. It was just it was so good because it's so bad. <laughs> um Jesus, dude. I yeah, it was it was amazing. If you you got to if, if for no other reason to watch the movie Watch it for Ugly Sonic. Um, and then also, the amount of shade that Disney throws in this movie at... It was like South Park levels of they, at everyone and everything. They swing at everyone. Including themselves. They, and it's almost more targeted shots at themselves being Disney... And this got approved, by the way. Uh, just fucking bananas. I'm actually looking right now to see what the two guys who wrote this have done before. And none of it is anything... Of note. Of note. Except for one of them was an executive producer, I think, on How I Met Your Mother. Um. So, yeah. We leave Dale at the convention and we go see Chip, who's doing a regular 9 to 5. Um, and I don't know, there's something about, like, tunes doing, like, normal people jobs that I really, like, my brain just doesn't like it. I mean, I I guess, like, if we lived in a world where tunes and humans existed, like... They would have to be that way. That it eventually would be like that, because, like, not all child tune stars are gonna, like, make it big forever. Yeah. Or anything like that, so, like, yeah... But it makes me feel uncomfortable because I feel like Toons should just be doing... This. If I lived in this world, this would probably make me a racist. I feel like Toons should be doing <laughs> Toon shit. Oh, boy. <laughs> like, I feel like Toons should be going and, like, being cartoons. <laughs> um. So, yeah, the Toon doing a 9 to 5 is hilarious. <coughs> um, and then one of the most amazing things... We're growing as an artistry... Uh, Chip is walking home from being a... He sells insurance at insurance. a company called Coercive Insurance, Coerc- which is hilarious. Coercive Insurance. He's uh, walking home, and he has AirPods. A- AirPods in his ears, like his actual ears. His top of his head ears, you know, where ears are on chipmunks. And it's just a funny note, because like all through like a lot of cartoon history, like characters will wear headphones, but they'll be like... Where human ears go, because that's how headphones are designed. And so, I don't know, it was just really refreshing and nice. The attention to detail in this movie, that, like, Chip is wearing his earbuds in his actual ears. Go figure. Um, and then Chip gets home, he takes out his earphones, and what is he listening to, James? He's listening to... Oh, what's the name of the song? I was just playing it. Laid to Rest by Lamb of God. Now, it is an important note. That you all pay close attention to. Because this is a conversation I had to have with my conservative Christian mother. Lamb of God is not a nice Christian band. Lamb of God is fronted by a man named Randy Blythe, and he screams a lot of the time. This is one of the best thrash metal bands there is. I classify them as thrash metal. They're just a variety of metal. And they are wonderful. And the song in particular has a lot of themes of how you're better off by yourself. You you shouldn't be around other people who might influence you negatively. Yeah, it's a fucking meta song pick, dude. Like, the lyrics are, like... The attention to detail in this movie! There's the you, you catch a little bit of the song as he takes them out. You know, like, if you hear someone's headphones come off and they're still playing music... The lyrics that you catch, uh, you don't hear the line that says, see who gives a fuck, uh, but you do hear the line, absorb yourself, you're better off alone, <laughs> which is Chip's whole thing. In Chip's whole movie. thing in the movie, which is to be by himself all the time, and it's better off to not have friends. Blah, 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 blah. Anyways, we fucking, we're running out of time in this episode. Already. I know, and I, I we got, I'm trying to get to plot. like, to 30 notes. I told you, there's a lot. We were pausing and, like, so having to take, happens. like, five notes at a time. Um, 
Next we meet uh, Chip's dog, Millie. Millie. Huh. Who is a... That's a regular-sized dog. It's a regular-sized dog. That's a dog dog. It's... It, yeah. Chip owns a normal-sized dog that somehow fits inside his tiny-ass house. It's very unclear how this works or happens, and we don't recommend that you ask any questions about it. No, it started to hurt my head when I started to question the physics as, of that dog in that tiny house. As soon as you start thinking about a dog that lives in a chipmunk-sized house... You have abandoned all hope of having fun for the rest of the movie. You just got to let that shit go immediately. You got to see it go, ha ha, big dog, small house, and then never think about it again. Um, and then uh, Chip gets some food out of his uh, refrigerator. Would you like to know what's in the freezer? Yes. In the freezer, we have Ice Age ice cream. Ha ha, funny. We also have frozen, frozen vegetables, something or other. Uh, and we have a <laughs> actual food product. Made by Tyson, they included a iced over Tyson logo on top of it, but it's, uh, what is it, chicken fingers? Yeah, it's like, uh, it's a, <coughs> it's a TV dinner from the 90s that was Looney Tunes themed, and, and it, it has like fog. mac and cheese, and yeah, it's got, it's like a frozen Lunchable, you know, that you could get. Like a, um, <coughs> what is the name of that fucking penguin <coughs> shit? Kids Cuisine. Yeah, it's basically an adult kid cuisine. But it's got foghorn leghorn on it, and Tyson actually made those in the late '90s. So uh, that was fun. Uh, he grabs out the frozen food though, because of course. It really it was this point that I said, like I said earlier, I made the note of Disney said we're really going to use every property we have obtained. Uh, all of them. All every of them. property. Anything we own is going in this movie right fucking now. There's, it was like Free Guy, but more. There were like uh, in the fan convention, there were like. Mice dressed up like Star Wars characters. They literally fucking said, we own it all, so... They, yeah, it... You know, when you have created a monopoly over the media industry and therefore you have all the properties or one of your subsidiaries has all the properties, you can just do that. And it's really fun and entertaining to watch, but also extremely worrying for the future of media entertainment. And then the plot starts to happen. Right, and the plot's fucked up. Um... I made a note that Chip is not concerned about the missing cartoon characters, and then I took a break from notes, because Chip gets a phone call from his friend, Monty. That's his name, right? Mon Monterey Jack. Yeah, so Monty. Uh, Monterey Jack, he's a rescue ranger, if you don't know. He's the Australian one. Um, that says he needs help. He goes to Monty's place, and Monty explains to him that he has a cheese addiction, and that he got involved with, what's the name of the gang? The Valley Gang. The Valley Gang. Um, he owes him a lot of money. He owes him a lot of money for his cheese addiction, drug addiction, in case he didn't catch that reference. Um, and he explains what the Valley Gang does when you owe them money. And let me tell you, this puts the fucking dissolving of Dip to shame in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. The writers, I think what happened was this. They were having a grand old time in their writing room, right? Writing all these fun jokes they're like, oh, we're writing for Disney. We can use all their stuff. It's going to be excellent. And they were just going to town on the jokes and the cameos and everything, and it was great, right? And then they thought, ah, oh, fuck, we got to have conflict. Okay, well, well, it's kind of like Roger Rabbit. So what did they do in that movie? Oh, they were dissolving cartoon characters in this creepy goo called Dip. Well, what can we do? I know, torture. And maim cartoon and characters. And kidnap. And so disappear forever. What happens if you get in trouble with the Valley Gang is uh, you get bootlegged. And what that means <laughs> is you get kidnapped by the gang. They take you to this station and they use one of those things that turns the cartoon characters 3D. It's a 3D surgery machine. But what you can also do with that machine is take different animation styles and slap them willy-nilly on uh, living creatures as cartoon characters. You can also remove parts of their body and replace them with other parts of bodies. You could pretty much do whatever the fuck you want. It's, You're just reanimating a fucking cartoon character. It's a plastic surgery machine, but extra. They also use an eraser to erase their mouths so they can't scream when they kidnap them. They uh, turn them into distorted versions of themselves just enough so they're recognizable, but not enough that they break copyright law, which is literally basically what they say in the movie. Yeah, and it's a, another jab at themselves, which is funny. They force them to act in bootleg versions of their movies. Which apparently make a shitload of money. Now, that is where 
the plot derails for me just a little bit and we'll get to that later but that that's a point i'll put a pin in that is that in theory bootleg movies make a shitload of money and i'm gonna say no but we'll talk about it later I think they'd make more than you think they would, but I don't think they make as much as the movie makes them out to be. Yeah. And I guess it would depend on, like, where you're selling it, because, like, say you're selling it to, like, not first world countries, like, second world countries, not third class countries, but, like, right in the middle, um, or people that can't get uh, certain movies in their countries. Yeah. yeah I'm not yeah. pointing fingers specifically at anyone. Oh, they really hate Winnie the Pooh there, though. The, well, they don't worry. They have the... What was it? It was... The pangolin? They got the pangolin. <laughs> they do have that. No, but they have uh, They have that... There was a bootlegged <laughs> Winnie the Pooh in this one, so they can have that one. Um, anyways. <laughs> we're not pointing fingers here at all. Um, yeah, that's, that's the plot of the movie. <laughs> oh, God. Is that cartoon characters are going missing... Being, uh, having their mouths erased, being physically altered and changed, and then forced into slave labor. Yeah. Just so we're all clear. Remember um, how this movie was like lots of fun ten minutes ago? It's not anymore. Now it's fucking horrifying to think about this is a it is a modernized version of roger rabbit because roger rabbit dealt with a lot of the uh racial injustices mm -hmm, and things mm -hmm. that were going on at that time this is just another version of that and i do think i know i said we weren't pointing fingers but i do think this is some of the hollywood industry pointing out like these People that do these bootleg versions and these countries that may put those things out or alter things enough that you can't really tell the difference um, in order to not to make money, but to like put their own versions out there. Um, we saw it, that TikTok with like the crazy, the crazy Christian movie guy. Oh, yeah. And they like do like a Finding Nemo version, but it's Finding Jesus. And it's fish with honestly some of the worst writing i've ever experienced and but the animation you can tell what they're doing yeah it's clear and so i think it's a little bit of disney poking fun at countries and industries and people that are doing that they're taking disney's work and especially as more things of disney come in come out of that copyright law which we just saw with uh winnie the pooh because Winnie the Pooh just went into public domain. Um, and Disney is pretty smart. Like, they'll redo uh, Mickey Mouse animation every they'll 10 years so or so. So they never lose that copyright. Um, but they don't do that with everything. And so as we get into this world where Disney is losing some of those copyrights and intellectual properties, we're going to see more of this stuff. Um, and we already, there was also this whole time um, during, like, the, uh, we'll call it the Bronze Age Disney, um, where it was, like, every <laughs> every movie Disney came out with, there was, like, some weirder version that, like, DreamWorks came out with. I don't remember if this is, like, A Bug's Life came out, and then the Ants movie came out, and things like that back and forth for a little bit. It's things like that that Disney's kind of pointing at here. And also, like I said, other countries where there aren't as much freedoms in what you can watch. Um, they will do things like this or and make their own versions. Or they will edit it so much that it's not the same movie anymore. And that's kind of where we're going with this. Um, so... Just like Roger Rabbit took a lot of the themes of its time and its struggles and put it into a movie... Chippendale Rescue Rangers is doing the same thing. Um, this is also where I put you cannot look away from this movie at all or you miss everything. Stuff just keeps happening. It took us 40 minutes. To watch the first 20 minutes of the movie. It wasn't even 20, it was 15. It took us 40 minutes to watch 15 minutes. We did have to pause it many, many times. And that wasn't even to account like the th times we paused for like food or anything like that. That was just to pause so we could keep up on our notes because I would watch something and I'd have like 10 notes to write. 
Um. And then we, uh, we catch a Chippendale kind of tell us, um, as they're talking to Monty, because Chip's at Monty's place, uh, and they talk about Gadget and Zip. Gadget and Zipper. Gadget and Zipper. Um, and they got married. Good for them. Woo. Hooray. Um, but they they have have the most horrified mutant babies. A fuckload of kids. And they are combination mouse and fly. If you thought donkey and dragon's babies were mutants. Yeah, if you thought the dronkies were fucking weird looking, you're right, first of all. But also, Disney saw that and went, we're going to shoot our shot, but we're going to wait. They and also, then they waited for 17 years. They also said, we're going to make it creepier, because donkey and dragon's babies were cute, but I don't know, fly mouse, I felt... Un- it was not nice to look at, and they... Multiple arms. ...made you look... They made you look... Multiple times at specific children. Lots of times. It won right. It won right. I didn't like it. Um. And then... Disney threw some more shade. Chip leaves, <laughs> Chip leaves Monty's place after getting into a fight with Dale. Because Dale shows up and he's like, Monty also we called can, me. We, we can, can be- reboot. Woo, rescue rangers unite. And then like, Chip's like, I'm out. That's <laughs> basically how that went. Um... And he's walking down the street, and he's like, these fucking reboots, like... Disney, this is a moment where Disney writers turned around, looked at Disney, and just went, nah, middle fingers to you. Yeah. And Disney was like, yeah, okay, cool. If it makes us money, we don't care. Go away. They literally, like, the writers take fucking swings at reboots and the concept of reboots. Reboots or not letting, like, certain series die. Yeah, like keeping something going long past the time it's jumped the shark. Like, um, for example, Fast and the Furious franchise. They, yeah. uh, they that was the first one you see as Chip's walking down talking about this. Is He's uh, monologuing to himself. By the way, Chip is played by John Mulaney, so every monologue and line is delivered amazing. The delivery from John Mulaney is He's incredible. He's just He's fabulous so good. in this movie. Um, Fast and the Furious babies. <laughs> There's a poster. Rated R. Rated R. Uh, there's a poster for Miss Mr. Doubtfire. Meryl Streep is Mr. Doubtfire. Um, and the other one is Batman versus E.T. Yeah. And it's kind of funny because Chip is a little in-joke. Chip stops. He sees the poster for it and he goes, all right, that one looks kind of good. And then it, the next cut to him is him at home watching the end of Batman, Batman versus E.T. <laughs> Which and is also funny. It's really fucking bad, but, but really so fucking funny. Because we all know that we watched a movie like that. At some point, we have all watched a movie like that and gone, mm, not good. I'm trying to think of a recent reboot or uh Have you ever watched a Sharknado movie? That's it. <laughs> well, I was thinking, I was trying to think of like an actual reboot one that I've seen recently. And the only one I can think of that's coming to mind that I was just like, oh my God, this is really bad uh, was Jungle Book. Jungle Book I didn't was watch that not one. good. I didn't watch that one. Oh, and times. I did just watch The Lion King when, at one of my kids' house. And that one was also really not good. It's just a shot for shot, worse animated version of The Lion King. Well, it's, with new actors. It's a better... Okay, hang on. It's a better animated, but in that regard, you lose all the humanity, quote-unquote, of when the you, characters. When you make your cartoon characters cartoony, you can emote with them. When you make your cartoon characters look anatom- anatomically correct for the animals that they typically would portray, i.e. new Jungle Book and new Lion King... You end up with uh, just unexpressive animals. Animals saying the same lines you already knew they were going to say, and that's not fun. That's buttholes. Anyways. Not, anyways. Um. Then bum bum bum. Dale calls Chip. Is it? Does he call him from work? No, it's the same night. Well, no, I was going to say, because he was at a show, remember, he said he was in a play, and then he was definitely working at Chippendales? Yeah. Literally Chippendales, the stripper joint that we referred to earlier. But I think he he gets a call, Dale gets the call first, and and Dale gets the call first from the cops, and then he calls Chip. 
Um, because, yeah, Dale goes to back to Monty's place, and they find, Chip shows up. Yeah, they find out that Monty has already gotten taken. They spoke to him minutes ago, and the cops call Dale, and they're like, hey. Monty got kidnapped. And then Dale calls Chip, and so they all go back there. And outside, we get a few more Easter eggs that I did thoroughly enjoy. I only really took notes on the ones that I was like, ah, oh, yeah, I know where those are from. Even if I know where the other ones are from, but these ones were, like, really, like, they were fun to see. Um, there are cars in this universe that are cars from, from cars, cars. Which is fair. That's a Disney product. That makes sense. They're cartoons. But also, now you have to think about a world where there are the cars from cars, but also normal people cars that do not have eyes in their windshield, mouths, or souls. Now think about that. Think about what it looks like if you're a car from cars and you exist in a world where there are things that look kind of like you but are dead and operated by smaller, weirder creatures that get inside their skin. Why well, this you, is a horror movie. Why did you think <laughs> so much about the cars? Because it was like... I mean, they show a car from cars, dodge a piece of another car on the road, and he goes, hey, watch it! And and he was next to a bunch of other normal cars that don't have souls or mouths or anything, and I went, that's gotta be fucking weird, man. You're, like, driving around next to the hollow corpses of your friends. That's fucked up. I mean, but they did it in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. It's except- fucked up then, too! It doesn't stop being fucked up because they did it in a different movie! Except it wasn't, like, the cars from cars, it was that... A cartoon car from like Looney Tunes that I yeah know. yeah yeah he has a name. Anyways, Monty got kidnapped. The, there's a detective there made a putty. Um. Well, there's <laughs> also the cop donuts from Wreck It Ralph, which oh, I really yeah. enjoyed. That was yeah. another one. I I, I was really pleased that I recognized them on site. I uh, I was like, I know those donuts from somewhere, and James was like, aren't they from Wreck It Ralph? And I was like, I don't know. And then I had to look it up. <laughs> um. But yeah, there's also a cop, uh, the detective is made of putty, and they make a joke, because he is an original character in this movie, he's one of the few original characters made just from this movie, but they make fun of the fact that he's like, a Kmart Gumby, which, hold on to that thought, put a pin in that, um, but he also, like, goes to take a- <laughs> Kmart Gumby. He goes to take a fingerprint off of, like, the coffee table and then just scrapes the putty off his hand and hands it to the other <laughs> he, officer. He cuts off a piece of his hand. It, like, this is a movie, it, it, it really does remind me a lot of Free Guy because it's like, nothing is off limits. Every idea is a good idea, right? It's like you sit in a writer's room and you go, what insane things can we think of for these characters to do? And every idea, good or bad, gets written on a whiteboard. And then it's not about how many, like, you want to cherry pick the best ones. They literally just were like, we have time for this many gags in this scene. And then they just went down the list and picked as many gags as they could fit. It's literally chock full of shit to see and laugh at. And uh, maybe 90% of them are funny. Like, it, it's a remarkable ratio of funny bits to unfunny bits. And I think all of that can be attributed to all of the funniest bits are nostalgia hits for people who grew up on Disney. Um, I'm going to actually end this episode on that. I wrote it later on, but uh, it was something James and I talked about in this movie. And this is where we're going to end, um, is at the investigation of Money's apartment. But... James and I were talking how there's not, there's like this in-between genre anymore that's like, and I'm going to call it the millennial genre, and here's why. Stick with me, please. Um, It's been a lot of things that have been coming up recently where we find us as millennials are growing older, but we're not growing up. And Yeah. um, yeah, 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 yeah. I think... There's a lot of reasons for that, but a lot of it comes to the fact that we're not reaching the same milestones that generations before us have just because we're not capable. We're not all capable of buying a house. We're not all capable of having kids. We're not all capable of reaching these milestones that would generally move you further into adulthood. And there's a lot of reasons for that between economic standings, um, 
the world as a whole. We can get into all of that way in depth, but that's kind of where we're at, is that millennials are growing old, but they're not growing up. And so we're getting this new genre of things that are kids things. They look like kids things on the surface. They have this nice shiny kid cover, but then you actually open them and it's just a world fuck ton of adult jokes and adult themes and adult like everything. And they're all hitting and slamming that nostalgia button at the same time because that's what millennials want is they want to be reminded that of their childhood because that's like the last time they felt like as a solid whole human person um, and weren't like messed up by the world was in that era. And so they're slamming that nostalgia button and also going, hey, look at how messed up your life is right now. And so we're getting these weird crossovers of like these cute cartoon Disney movies that like you can show your kids as like an adult millennial if you have children. But then you sit there and watch them and you just go, oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, Jesus Christ. And so it's... I'm calling it the millennial genre because we saw it with Free Guy. We've seen it with uh, Chip and Dale. And there's been lots of movies recently that are just kind of like that. They're for kids. And kids can watch them and get enjoyment out of them because funny cartoons. (laughs) But they're more for adults. And that's because right now the generation consuming media is the millennial generation. And the millennial generation is a bunch of kids who had to grow up way too quickly. And then when we got here, it wasn't the world we were promised. And now we're all just kind of stuck in this weird space of we're not adults because we haven't reached the milestones that adults are supposed to reach, quote unquote. But we're not kids anymore. We can drink. We can. We have jobs. We have adult lives. But we're not adults in the sense like we have a house we have a 401k we have children and grandchildren <laughs> like generations before us were reaching those milestones and a bunch of people have been talking now like what's the millennial midlife crisis going to be and it's like we're not it's we're not gonna have one because we didn't we haven't done all the things that are like those check marks off the list to get to the midlife crisis. The midlife crisis is when you check off all the adult things. You buy the house, you have the kids, you do the job, you have a career. You do all these things to get to the midlife crisis, and the midlife crisis is when you've achieved all those things. Yeah, we're going to have that, and then we're going to die. Yeah. Our midlife crisis is going to be the last crisis we have, because then we'll die, because we'll be 80. Yeah, we'll be 80, and we'll be like, oh, fuck, I finished the list. (laughs) Like, that's it. So if ever there was a generation of work until you die, but not because of workplace hazards or the fact that we don't have modern medicine, it's going to be us. That's just how it is. So on that lovely cheery note, everyone, (laughs) we will see you next time for the rest of Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Um, Yeah. Welcome to the adult world, quote unquote. Bye.